0: To Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast. I'm your host, Dave West, codename Phantom Troublemaker. And I am your co-host,
1: Noel Wood, codename Crapshoot. And I'm your Cobra intern who learned the hard way don't look up in the Cobra Aviary, codename Legion Cub. (laughs)
0: You can follow us and interact with us at audible interlude podcast on Instagram, on Twitter at GI Joe audible. Uh, Definitely shoot us a message on Instagram. Let us know what you think of the episode. Let us know what you want to hear in future episodes and check out the needless things YouTube channel where we live stream every other week, usually on a Monday, but sometimes Hasbro will mess us around and we've got to switch up the schedule, uh, which is why we are tonight once again recording after a, well, not a 12 hour shift, a 13 hour shift. Noel, I know you got stuck at work as well. I think we're all recovering from quite a day.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But now it's time to have some fun and talk about GI Joe. Uh, Speaking of having fun, you can also check out uh, audible interlude uh, podcast on Instagram. Go to those pinned stories, and you can see Audible Interlude t-shirts. Show your support for the show. Take a picture of yourself wearing the shirt, and obviously we'll share it, and we may even send you a little something. Guys, I figured it out. I deciphered the code. Uh
2: Finally correct the
0: code. After sitting down... With a, a a code cracking dial and a star chart and all manner of tools, I was able you to figure out that out, it was
2: time to drink your Ovaltine.
0: I know, yeah, no, actually, it's time to drink. I'm still, I'm still on my Mountain Dew, Pitch Black, uh, and Kraken kick.
2: You know, I actually tried that uh, when I had some Pitch Black at home. It was uh, just just some plantation rum and pitch black i was like i gotta give this a shot it wasn't bad it made the pitch black much more palatable
0: yeah pitch black is a good mixer uh especially with a dark rum so anyway what i deciphered i figured out why hasbro rescheduled the live stream now because they laid a bunch of people off no stay with me okay hasbro (laughs) moved the stream to march the 8th that's three eight right do you know why? Because that's 3.75 rounded up and they've got huge plans for O-rings.
2: Oh, there you are. Obviously, <laughs> once you see
0: it, you can't not see it.
2: It's so clear now.
0: That
1: that's I would point. have thought they'd go
2: for 3.7 at 5 p.m.
1: No, I no, no, no. I no, have no. seen O-rings that have not stretched as much. As you just did, make that connection.
0: Those must have been some of those uh, late 90s, early 2000s O rings that I think it was the 97 uh, that they put in these, like, they were barely even rubber. They were so tight and they would just crack the figures. Like, Mm. eventually they all just cracked because the O rings got too much tension. Anyway, uh, so that if you can get past that big news, I think it's time to, uh, let's do some segments. What do you think, fellas? Yo, Joe. I
2: like segments.
0: (music) This section of the pod is called Rank and File Card, where we go all the way back to the beginning of A Real American Hero and are running down and reviewing each file card from the entire run. So this is only going to take us 43 years to complete that's what you call good content folks uh today we are looking at
1: clutch
0: let me uh pull up my resources here i've got like a dozen windows open right now and unfortunately none of them are clutch because i did not prepare very well but i do have uh and and the audience can listen an excited anticipation. I do have our America's Elite pulled up right now. So, Clutch, one of the original figures from 1982. He is the Vamp Driver. Uh, and just as a side note, I always thought Vamp, like when I was a little kid, I, I don't know what I related that to. I Because Vampire, obviously, is the connotation... But what's up? The Like, it's such an odd thing to have made a, an acronym out of.
2: Well, the first thing I remember first hearing about, you know, vamp, and I just thought because I was like, you know, at seven at the time, I was thinking like vamp was kind of like van or something like that. I don't know. Oh, okay. But I wasn't, you know, I wasn't very smart because I was seven. <laughs> um but I think it later there was a gobot by the name of Vamp who was one of the the monster gobots. Well
0: right that was and an actual vampire right? Y-
2: yes and like then there was fangs? a movie. Uh well he wasn't a, he wasn't I don't think he was actually a vampire he was just like a little monster creature. I've got one over there. I thought it was uh, like a bat
0: type he's... type of thing.
2: Yeah I think he was kind of yeah. a bat. Uh and then there was the movie with grace jones in 1986 called vamp and by that point i was like all right <laughs> i see i know all about what a vamp is
0: for
1: the listeners Which, as a kid uh you know you all had your your night writers with your talking kits yes my vamp sounded like grace jones that is amazing
0: (laughs) vamp is a monster gobot created by the master renegade she she is a formidable fighter with a macabre side able to call upon a personal force field and having the ability to mesmerize foes in addition to her firepower and speed this is not the monster gobot i was picturing uh ah. but we'll figure that out another day because we're not here to talk about go-bots.
1: <laughs> we're not even here to talk
0: about the vamp uh, <laughs> which which by the way stands for multi-purpose attack vehicle <laughs> eh? yeah that's how you spell it sideways uh so we're here to talk about the vamp driver code name, Clutch. File name Steinberg Lance J, serial number R A seven five seven three four zero eight zero two, and as we've mentioned every other time, as we go through the line, we are going to compare the file cards through the years, and we've got. Uh, well, not only do we have clutch uh, version two we also later on down the line have like double clutch and and we we will go back and compare all of those because i know they actually changed up the file cards quite a bit in the modern era for a lot of the characters so we'll we'll be checking all that stuff out so stay tuned in 2043 when we get to double clutch uh primary military specialty transportation this is one of the most sensible ones we've seen so far very obvious yeah. mm-hmm. nothing nothing uh, subtle there secondary military specialty infantry quite common birthplace asbury park new jersey just uh, like home bam of bam bruce bigelow. springsteen
2: uh, and okay you went bam bam bigelow i went with bruce springsteen
0: <laughs> uh grade e4
2: Clutch. my uh, my wife by the way from new jersey her
0: i did not know that name,
2: yes and her maiden name Steinberg.
0: No, so, get out of town. Gotta be related somehow. Really? <laughs> yeah. She needs <laughs> well, to do
1: a she needs to do a clutch yeah. Yeah. costume. Next dragon con she will have double clutch, clutch, and lady clutch. That's right. <laughs> or clutch uh, bag. <laughs> that's it, clutch with a clutch.
0: Yes. <laughs> that looks like clutch, like it could look like his his shirt situation with a little gun on it. <laughs> uh clutch was a mechanic at manny's mean machines and was heavily involved in racing street machines prior to enlistment so that got me wondering is is he kind of directly okay wait before before i voice this because it makes sense to me oh i actually put a link in here uh So American Graffiti came out in 1973 and kind of kicked off a a nationwide obsession with cars and kind of greaser culture. Yeah. And then we also had literally Grease. Grease. So there was this thing just prior to, you know, 82 when this figure came out, Larry Hama could have definitely been inspired by sort of that culture having a resurgence at the time. And that's hence him throwing in... Uh, Clutch's street racing which you got to think if this is prior to enlistment then he's probably like 15 to 17 years old doing street racing
2: yeah yeah sometime in the 70s
0: so doing something incredibly dangerous at a very young age
2: yes don't don't uh, think of clutch as a role model
0: no absolutely not and more on that
1: in a minute wow uh he because graduated. i do huh <laughs> i said once we get to the end of his file card you'll see that i do <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I
2: love the name manny's mean machines by the way it's just so on the nose
1: well
0: i i wouldn't it, i'm sure somebody has done it but maybe not we should uh we should do manny's mean machines shirts
1: yeah yeah yes
0: that would be great <sighs> I we'll we'll say hit up like
2: Asbury park, New Jersey. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
0: Uh, we'll hit up our, our merchandising partner for that. That's a pretty good idea.
2: That's that's a, that is a very deep cut right there. <laughs>
0: yes. And that's the kind of stuff I love. We'll we'll sell one of those on T public. Uh, graduated. is advanced... it count if we buy them ourselves? Well, okay. We'll sell four. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> uh, he graduated advanced infantry training covert ops school which okay so i looked up i tried to look up covert Ops school
2: but it was covert and you couldn't find the information on it (laughs)
0: um and it kind of doesn't exist everything that comes up is the united states army special forces selection and training uh so I'm wondering if covert op school was like maybe what it used to be called. And now it's special forces training.
1: That's what I would assume.
0: And this was interesting as well. Executive bodyguard school. That one surprised mm-hmm. me a little and bit. That sounds to me like a private institution. Like, cause I couldn't find anything related to the military that was specifically executive bodyguard school.
1: Yeah, I know at Universal, we had a couple of, uh, whenever we did, like, VIP events or press events, we had a couple of bodyguards that we hired to be bodyguards. And I I know at least one of them that I talked to was ex-military, but in our conversations, never did he ever talk about, like, I have specific bodyguards training it was i'm i have military training
0: well a- according to my extensive research on google mm. you can uh, be trained to be a bodyguard in about 5 days
1: <laughs> <Hell> <laughs> I saw, yeah. I, okay
0: i saw a number in in googling executive bodyguard school i saw a number of different i'm sure reputable institutions <laughs> that offered 5 day classes <laughs> for bodyguard training (laughs) so next time you hire a bodyguard consider that
1: yeah i was gonna make the joke are they all located in florida but then i started thinking wait probably we were located in florida (laughs) (laughs) the best of
0: the best i'm sure (laughs)
1: uh
0: and also ranger school which we've talked about before uh he's a qualified expert in m fourteen m sixteen m nineteen eleven a one and I think pretty much every joe we've talked about is a qualified expert in those three yeah uh, and then the m three a one m 79 which
2: is the m three eight one which is a grease gun which is so fitting
0: oh that's oh that's great
2: it's known as known as the grease gun
0: <laughs> fantastic uh in the m sixty so not not a whole lot of meat on the bone there. Although at the same time, that first sentence conveys so much. Yeah, uh, that first sentence
2: is is everything that Larry Hama did. He, you know, he was able to give you like you immediately knew in your head who this person was just from reading that first
0: sentence. And then the last sentence, which gives you the rest of what you need to know and is the Uh, you know, as we've speculated, possibly, uh, put down as a note from general Hawk, he greases his hair with motor oil, rarely shaves and chews on the same toothpick for months. Clutch still calls women chicks. And what's funny about that to me is this is 1982. And, and that's actually a fairly progressive sentence. (laughs) Even point out still calls women chicks. Because, you know, 1982, I don't feel like that was that uncommon a thing. Well, and I think
2: this was it was getting more more in back into the lexicon at that point after falling out of favor for a while, because that was definitely a 1950s thing. Right. Right.
1: Right. Probably
2: in the 60s and 70s, it fell out of favor a little bit until until the Greaser revival of the 70s. So I'm sure it's probably all tied into all of that.
1: That's why I think your American graffiti comment earlier actually probably hits home closer than we realized.
2: Yeah. And and this was one of the first three Joes that I had because this was, you know, back in 82, I got, I got my vamp. And I remember like I could just recite this quote up to this day, you know, 40 plus (laughs) years later because it's just it's paint such a visual picture the greasing his hair with motor oil the first thing you read there it's like okay (laughs) that's cool
0: you Mm -hmm. just picture him arms crossed toothpick in his mouth leaning against that you know what Uh, if oh my gosh i just had a fantastic idea for a whole episode this is how these things work listeners you are hearing the magic live as it happens uh Should I go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and say it so everybody Uh can look, everybody can look forward to it. I would like to do it as the live stream, but whatever episode we do that is closest to WrestleMania, we are going to cast a GI Joe movie with wrestlers. (laughs) All right. I want to do it. We'll have to look at the dates. It needs, I feel like it needs to be a live stream. Cause I want the listeners to be able to participate and throw out their suggestions, but everybody keep I mean, we're, we're just over a month away from WrestleMania. Uh, that's going to be well, a special, special thing. I uh, we're, we're doing that. Was this
2: because was this, uh, also throwing off of, with the, with the grease in the hair with the motor oil and the toothpick, and the was toothpick. this a razor Ramon vibe you got?
0: Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. because Scott Hall
2: as clutch. Because back in 1992, or I believe it was, when Razor Ramon first debuted on WWF television and he had that toothpick in his mouth, I thought of Clutch the whole time because he just always had that toothpick and I always envisioned Clutch with his toothpick. So
0: fellas, little, little bond there. Time is a flat circle. <laughs> That's <right. laughs> uh all right well now we're gonna wrap this up with some words from retired lieutenant colonel tom west you know him as codename mongoose i know him as dad uh his only comment here which which you'll be seeing a theme with all of the training and especially completion of ranger school the individual would have a higher rank than e4 unless there were performance issues
1: that, yeah, that you know, that's been coming across a lot.
0: <laughs> and and again, with clutch, the personality that he was given in the comics and in the cartoon, performance issues or at least disciplinary issues could very well be a thing. Like mm-hmm. he may be totally happy just being E4 driving the vamp. He doesn't care. He wants to harass the women and and be a jerk.
2: And for some reason, talk with a southern accent, even though he's from Asbury Park, New Jersey. Even though he's
0: from Asbury Park, New Jersey. That's right. Oh, man. Imagine if we could get someday a G.I. Joe animated series that adapted the file cards, like used all of the information from the file cards. Wow. Um. And I don't. I'm not talking about like a grim and gritty, realistic series, but I'm just saying, really use the resources.
1: No, where Gung Ho actually speaks in Creole, and yes, yeah, yes, yeah.
2: Because I mean, he did in the in the in the comic. They always affected him that way, like yeah. he was speaking mm-hmm. with a real thick Creole. Uh, yeah.
0: Uh, although, then you also run the the. Uh, unfortunate possibility of him sounding like gambit from the x-men animated series we've
1: come a long way with dialects <laughs> since then <laughs> I, would I was so. thinking
2: more uh justin wilson the cajun chef from oh uh, now yeah, that
0: would be great i'm down with I
2: guarantee. that guarantee does anyone just talk like uh what's his name from the ninja turtles Um, uh, the gate the alligator why well, I can't I leatherhead
1: Oh, leather. leather!
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Leather. You know what? I'm I'm gonna put together all of my Cajun action figures, uh, <laughs> all all three of them, and <laughs> take a little picture. All right, guys. Well, I think we've exhausted this rank and file card. It is time now to move on.
1: And now it's time for Missing in Action, where we take a look at the characters from across Joe Media that never had a figure, at least in the original toy line. And my pick for today is Colonel Sharp, which, for so he was a character, in the Sunbow G.I. Joe cartoon. um, And a lot of times you had one-off sort of military leaders that appeared in the cartoon, kinda had whatever interaction they needed to have with Joes, and then you never saw them again. But the thing that sticks out with Colonel Sharp is, he was important enough that he made multiple appearances, throughout the Joe cartoon um, with dialogue and everything. Um, In fact, the first time we see him, which is in the Revenge of Cobra miniseries, um, he's kidnapped by Zartan. Zartan, obviously, impersonating him. Um, And again, that kind of plot point you think would be a one and done, but he makes it back for... 10 more episodes. Um, So looks like any other sort of military guy, uh, dress uniform type. So it sort of surprises me that he didn't have a figure with his, as like I said, with his many appearances that he, he made and there was a part of me that was thinking, well, maybe it's because old military guy in just a regular military suit is sort of, you know, not exciting. But what year was it when we finally got gung ho in his dress uniform? So,
0: right, gung gung ho.
1: Like when I was, I don't.
0: That's the weirdest figure, and I guess we'll do a deep dive on that some other time. It seems like one of the blandest. Least interesting figures of the entire real American hero run. But I loved that gung ho when I was a kid.
2: It was the only gung ho I had as a kid. Oh, wow. Yeah. I never actually had the 83 gung ho uh, until much later.
1: And I was. As a kid with most of the toy lines I collected. You had your your unit that went out to fight the battle, but I was also very big into the people who stayed behind at the base and yes. were issuing yeah. mm-hmm. the orders and the commands. And G.I. Joe didn't have that as much, you know, because everything we saw on the cartoon, Duke, Flint, eventually Flag, like they are always out on the field with them. Um, and you had
0: like breaker back in the pit, but that was it.
2: Breaker Breaker and sparks who they also never made a figure of during that era that they were kind of like the support guys that stayed back.
1: So I, I would have been excited for a Colonel sharp figure because that would have given me that other sort of person to be issuing the command safely from base and somebody for Zartan to, Kidnap and impersonate so he can easily get into the headquarters.
2: Yeah, this is a. It was always kind of odd to me because you know you had you didn't have Hawk on the cartoon to start out start out with, but you had this other Colonel, much like Hawk was a Colonel who was issuing the commands mm-hmm. for GI Joe. um So I you know I always wished I had this figure. I actually used to when I I, I played with my friends. Uh, admiral Gilhall figure and that became my colonel sharp for a while because oh, you know cool. Gilhall wasn't on the cartoon so yeah. i was like all right well he's he's got the he's got the like the the fancy military dress and the hat and everything so he'll be my my colonel sharp when i play uh so you know you know, i always subbed out guys like that for characters that i always wanted toys of but didn't have
0: uh, what i find interesting about this guy is depending on what you look at He is either Colonel Dexter Sharp or Colonel Warwick J. Sharp. No. Yeah, the uh, G.I. Joe versus Cobra, the essential guide, uh, says he's Dexter, but the G.I. Joe field manual says he's Warwick J.
1: Hmm. I kind of like the Warwick J a little. Yeah, Dexter. That sort of screams, you know, in charge colonel. Dexter is more, I'm working in the lab.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, excellent character from Sunbow. And what's interesting, you know, we a lot of times when we're looking at Sunbow, we wonder, like, why weren't these made? But if you look back at even the modern era of G.I. Joe, when they did do some Sunbow releases, for the most part, those were repaints or slight retoolings. They haven't done, they did a ton of comic book based, obviously the three packs, Mm -hmm. uh, comic book based characters, but they really have, don't have much of a history of doing direct sunbow adaptations, especially of new characters. Like it would be, it would be snake eyes repainted to look like sunbow colors or or roadblock or whatever the case may be but they didn't really do any new original Sunbow characters. That is super sevens. That's what they've been doing. And that's why the reaction line and, you know, so not that I think we're going to get a Colonel Sharp ultimate, <laughs> but,
2: but, but we could get us get a reaction figure. Absolutely. I mean, that would, that would not be something that would surprise me.
0: That, then that would be great. I would love to have it. And given the, the cut of his uniform and the look of the character, a reaction figure could very easily blend in, you know, with your regular three and three quarter inch Joes.
1: Yeah. And I actually would go out on a limb and say, you know, if it was, if we were back in the 80s and they saw, here is this character that has appeared on the cartoon so many times, we're going to take advantage of this and make a figure out of him. And as sometimes they would do where the figure on the cartoon did not, match the toy all that much um if, sure. if they had made a toy version of him where okay let's put him in some battle fatigues let's make him look a little younger you know like not gray-haired maybe I still absolutely would have bought into it because I don't the differences between the toys and the cartoons I feel like I didn't notice quite as much as a kid.
0: Isn't that weird? Because I think about like Ace and Wild Bill and how drastically different they were. And I, for those, I just didn't care that much. And I don't know why, because there were other things, other cartoons, other toy lines that I was really bothered when things didn't match up. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for some reason with G.I. Joe, I, I didn't think much of it. I don't know why. Uh, so yeah, we need a Colonel Sharp figure, whether it's part of Hasbro's upcoming Retroverse, wishful thinking, uh, or Super <laughs> Seven uh, puts out uh, a whole set of GI Joe uh, General Flag Colonel Sharp. Like, just do a set of those guys. That would be great. Yeah. Uh, whatever the case, I Admiral was... Ledger. Yes, Admiral Ledger. Uh. We, we need we need a synthoid conspiracy box set. Well, if That's that, what we need.
1: That was going to be uh, sort of my closing comment on this is with all of, well, all with the 11 appearances that Commander Sharp made, uh, any of you guys that are, any of our listeners who aren't familiar with him, make sure you check out The Revenge of Cobra, but also The Synthoid Conspiracy. Yes. Those are two amazing episodes.
0: Well, centhoid conspiracy is a two parter that leaves you in uh the <laughs> we'll do a full review. I'll save yeah. it for the review because <laughs> we'll have to talk about that one uh sometime soon. Uh all right, excellent choice. Colonel Sharp must have. We need him in our collections sooner as possible. Good call, Christian. Welcome to Instruments of Destruction, where we talk about the vehicles and maybe playsets of G.I. Joe. This time around, we all have our Skystrikers. Uh, In the end, I think everybody's very happy with the HasLab Skystriker package overall. So rather than focusing on a singular thing, we're going to do a little brainstorming and come up with some possible future has labs uh, for for O-ring GI Joe. Uh, because as we all know, the retroverse will continue and expand. <laughs> now, now, one thing that I wanted to throw out that is kind of important to me, actually, in a weird way, and I've, I think I've said this before, normally, I'm not a don't do this guy. like I want anything that's cool to happen. But I do not want anything that's like motorized. I don't want like, if they do a MOBAT, I don't want it to have a motor in it. If they do, like, I don't want anything with working mechanisms in that way. Light up is fine, but I don't want like a self-transforming Optimus Prime type of thing. Don't put that stuff in my HasLab, in my O-rings. I don't want it. How do you guys feel about that?
2: I mean, I think it's cool, but it's going to add value to the toy that I'm not going to. I'm not going to draw out of it. So, yeah, I mean, I'm going to put it on a shelf. I'm going to, you know, pose it, uh, you know, a little bit, but I'm I'm probably not going to be letting it ride across my backyard.
0: I've said it before. I got I got that uh, one-twelfth scale Batmobile that they released for Justice League the remote control one it's incredible it's one of the best toys i've ever owned in my life do you know how many times i've driven it around two in the in the like eight years or whatever that i've had it i've set it up and driven it around like twice it's it's just it's awesome but it's just not necessary and and the cost that it adds to it uh I don't feel like we need it. So, when I threw this out there at you guys, Christian, what was what popped into your head? What was one of the first ideas that you came
1: up with? Okay. So, as I am wont to do when I start hyper fixating on something, I was looking at what did I love about the Sky Striker but then also what have i loved about the other not just haslab but kickstarters that i have backed and something that kept that kept popping into my head was um like operation longbow like there are these o-ring kickstarters that we have backed that are figures where people go all in, as opposed to a specific vehicle or one large sort of centerpiece thing. And so my first thought, actually, for an O-ring HasLab is Hasbro to do the 1982 wave, the whole wave, as an all-in with updated o-ring sculpting to match the same sort of caliber that we're getting with some of these other companies versus the sort of o-ring sculpting that we've gotten from them
0: oh so Mm. so and this is an interesting point that you're bringing up because i was thinking when you look at operation recall and when you look at call sign longbow or you look at the uh, the Grindstone Toys Wolf Trooper that mm-hmm. we talked about last week. The fine detail, the sharpness of the sculpt, the way everything stands out. It is. It looks much much nicer than Hasbro's o rates. One
1: hundred percent. So I feel like with as though and all of those campaigns have have happened none of them did not meet their goal. Right. And I think it's because of at least what we've seen in the, you know, the renders and the the prelim sculpting is the quality that goes into it. So I think if Hasbro was to say, all right, GI Joe fans, you know, we're, we're going back to that first year and we're giving you how many, however many figures it was. And, boom it's updated o-ring sculpting i don't see how that wouldn't get backed so you said you
0: said an interesting thing there and i've been i've been kind of considering this because i i see alternatively original 13 that's the most common but i also every once in a while see somebody throw out original 14 what what is Noel? what is this
2: uh, are they counting um, shooter from the comics? I
0: know d- because it's in reference to figures, so oh. I don't know what this 14th is. No,
2: yeah, then I don't know what they're talking oh, about. Because yes, well, there's 13 I, Joes.
1: Well, I just looked and uh, I'm off a teeny tiny bit,
0: okay, because
1: in my head, I was thinking. It was the 13 plus Cobra commander, Cobra trooper, Cobra officer. Yeah. Okay. So that would be 16 figures.
0: Right. I'm looking at 1982 and I see 16 figures in front of me. Yeah. So where does original 13 come from? Well,
2: that's the Joes. There's 13 original Joes.
0: Oh, just the Joes. Yeah. Why make that designation? Why would you only want the Joes and not include the Cobras? That's so odd to me. Right. Anyway, I'm getting very pedantic (laughs) here, which is unnecessary. (laughs) I love this idea. So basically what this would be now, you're not talking about like the vehicles as well. You're talking about just I'm talking the, just figures, just the single carded figures.
1: Yep. But yep. basically because you could easily release a vamp or, or regular Hasbro pulse it just like you did the Stinger. Sure. Sure. You know, no need 30, for 40 bucks. There you go. Right. Give us, but, put all that money that you into giving us the quality figures we want.
0: And these would be essentially high definition versions yes. of the original figures. So mm-hmm. same design, but with, you know, the improved pl- or, or the more durable plastics, sharper sculpts. Now let me ask you this. What if, they could include they all come with the original heads but what if maybe a stretch goal is interchangeable heads to look like the comic book or cartoon versions Scarlet with a ponytail
2: are we going to be able to do interchangeable heads on O-ring figures Because uh, I mean, you could you could do that, but you'd really have to retool the way the you goes include
0: together. you include a screwdriver. <laughs> yeah. we've yeah. all done it.
1: <laughs> we, we are look. I've got. Oh no, I don't. You have know gear what? I just replaced no. The maybe wheelies. you saying that actually has me thinking. So your stretch goals could be like the jump, because Lord knows that mold. The jetpack hasn't oh, yeah. changed,
0: readily available. ever. Yeah. So
1: your your stretch goals could be some of those smaller, you know, again, not the vamp, um, but some of those smaller sort of one man Joe. Well, you type. could
0: you could do the jump. You could do right. the. Let's see.
1: Trying to pull it. Up.
0: Well, really, kind of just the jump and the ram. Oh, you know what you could do as a stretch goal? The Missile Command Headquarters.
1: Oh, there you go, because that's It's, it's cardboard. all cardboard. That's... It costs yeah. them <laughs> nothing, but people
0: would be delighted to see that thing reissued again. Absolutely. Even the MMS, honestly, could be mm-hmm. a stretch. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that this did not occur to me at all but i really like this idea this is this is a fun one uh the first thing that i came up with and I, and i've gone to it many many times but i feel like it's one of the most worthy potential projects is the whale yeah because it has only ever been redone once they did the what the night force whale mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's it and if you have an original whale, it is a terrifying thing to own because it's going to break at any second. <laughs> uh give us a new whale with that, you know, more durable plastic, the veins that aren't going to break uh, in the same style as the Sky Striker. I, I that that to me is an easy win i don't know any gi joe fan that would not in a second back at least one whale oh yeah and that's
2: a much larger vehicle than the sky striker so it's gonna it's gonna be a higher price tag or i'm thinking 300 on that probably i
0: think you're right but i think people would pay it in a second because you right. can't get a vintage whale for 300
2: well that's, that's it. It's, it's like like as much as the Sky Striker is an appealing vehicle, they have re-released Sky Strikers so frequently over right. the last forty years that uh you know it's it it was skippable. If you you know if you've got three or four sky strikers, you don't need another one.
0: Right. People were saying it all over the place. Well, I've already got two modern era sky strikers, I've got a vintage sky striker. I I don't need a sky striker, but the whale is a whole different proposition, not just for the fact of people not necessarily having it or having an intact one, but for the fact that it was only ever produced twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's th- this. Is my a number one pick for the next task. This was
2: lab. The one that I put on my list, but I knew that it was going to be something that you mentioned.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: don't, don't
0: waste don't waste your spot. Because yeah. I'm covering it, baby. <laughs> um, all right. So, no. And, and I mean, there's nothing else to say, really. It's, it's all uh, literally all I want is the exact same whale, but in more durable plastics. It would come with cutter, stretch goals. Uh, I would actually think it would be really cool to do naval versions of like, like, do deep six in mm-hmm. his sweater, stuff like that. You know, whatever. It it, it mm-hmm. doesn't have to be anything too fancy. Honestly, throw a whale out there and people are just gonna back it. I I don't think it needs that much enhancement. Throw do your little cobra stickers thing if you want to, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I, I mean I think it speaks for itself. Uh so Noel, since you knew the whale was gonna yeah. be covered elsewhere, what was your first reaction here?
2: um so you're my reaction as to what my my choice would be or my yeah, yeah your, choice, your choice uh because yeah i think I've or both both well. uh, yeah yeah um i got i've got two that are kind of my starting point here and one of them kind of goes along as a foil to the one we already got and then the other one kind of goes along as a partner to that one so i'm gonna go with that oh. one because you just mentioned something that was on my list of add-ons uh, I would love to see a reissued uh and upscaled tactical battle platform.
1: Oh, oh
2: wow. Because that was really the only like medium medium size. I'd ever had any of the large playsets as a kid. That was one that I had um and I and I loved it. I and I, all of my adventures centered around the tactical battle platform at uh you know at some point. Um but it's a small, I mean, it's a very small little base when you think about it. And it, there's not a whole lot to the actual main part of it. And it could easily be upscaled. You, you add a few inches in either direction. You make those uh, stilts go a little bit taller. Um, and you have a few more little details in the outpost. I mean, this is going to be a completely new mold. But, I mean, the Sky Striker was a new mold. And it looked it was this identical pretty much in size and everything to the other one. Uh, so I think you could upscale this one a little bit, um, and it gives you a lot of opportunities for small vehicles that you could either throw in as part of the initial offering, or you could throw in as to sweeten the deal. Um, I would say, as far as figures go, um, the, uh, the 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 uh, Deep Six you just mentioned, top of my list, yeah, along yeah, with. Yeah. Uh, shipwreck in just a standard like sweater and beanie. Um, yes. so you get those, those two kind of run in the show. Um, you probably have a torpedo who is decked out, uh, maybe in his scuba gear. Um, and then a couple of like Naval Joe troopers, um, just that you could, you could use to fill in a couple spots there that maybe that gets thrown in as one of the, um, uh, one of the, the add on levels. Um, But you can also have smaller vehicles like a Skyhawk or an Armadillo to come off of the front or even a Devilfish, Um, you know, little small vehicles that you could use to uh, as different levels. But again, they could also be part of the initial packaging, depending on how much you want that initial price to be.
0: Let me throw this at you. So you're upscaling the battle platform. And I'm looking at it right now, and your weaponry, you've got the laser cannon on one side, you've got the rocket launcher on the other side. What if potential stretch goals are a version of the Flak, the HAL, and the MMS that can plug into those ports?
1: Mm. Yeah. Dave is always the winner with the the stretch goals
0: well i'm sitting here looking at this thing and realizing like how perfectly a flak could fit where those rockets are or where the lasers are yeah on the tactical battle platform uh yeah, the how you upscale a little bit then definitely like it's it's almost that the laser cannons on the tactical bat- battle platform are almost sort of a scaled down how the other side, the rockets you could visualize as an MMS, like how cool would that be? It would be very easy to make the base of the flak that, that twists off anyway. So you twist that off, you put the flak on your tactical battle platform or, or take it off and put it off to the side with the regular flak base. Mm-hmm. How same thing you've got the wheels and the, uh, the toe arms, those come off. You put the how on your tactical battle platform and it's this whole, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for?
1: Uh,
0: modular, this yes. whole modular weapons system where you can attach them to this thing, but you also have the individual weapons encampments. dude, you could even include the jump where you have the little apparatus that sits on the side of the platform and that can go on the landing pad of the tactical battle platform because remember the way the jump the jump has that platform and then mm-hmm. where the jetpack attaches just sort of hooks onto the side uh-huh. You have that, but it hooks onto the side of the landing pad of the tactical battle platform. You could incorporate all of this stuff, yeah, but you just do it in tactical battle platform colors, and then later on, you do individual releases in the original, you know, olive drab. Oh man, this is great! Hasbro. I hope you're listening to the show. This is no brainer stuff.
1: Tactical Uh, battle
0: platform has lab this year. Whale has lab next year because you need the whale to go with your tactical battle platform and all the stuff you just unlocked because everybody backed this thing. And another good point about the tactical battle platform is like the whale. There are some parts of it that are kind of brittle, kind of fragile. I've, my the windscreen on mine no matter what i do it's warped i cannot i've i've heated it up with a hairdryer i've boiled it nothing i can do to get it totally flush to plug into place uh
2: the peg on every one of those rocket launchers that holds it into place always breaks so uh, you just have to balance it just right or it tips over
0: right that brittle abs plastic update all of that uh And, you know, the, the, uh, weaponry that came with the tactical battle platform, which I don't have the one that I bought off of Mercari. They basically just threw in stuff from the battle packs. Like I, (laughs) I do not, I do not have, but it's kind of charming though, because like, as I've said before on the show, my standard for quality is like what would the one that I had when I was a kid look like now? Right. And if well, I that's... still had my tactical battle platform, it would have like the green M16 in it. Like it wouldn't. Well, yeah, have... those
2: those guns were, uh, they were all just remolds or repaints right, of right. the original ones. So they just went into the bin with all of my other weapons when they weren't in use. So yes. I have no idea if I still have the original ones or not. They're not part of the display because I, I just don't care that much to make sure that I have no. the original guns. It doesn't matter because
0: display. because for something like this, G.I. Joe guns, that's it. That's the only qualifier, yep. I, qualifier I need for that weapons rack is G.I. Joe guns. And actually, now that I'm looking at it, there, there might be one in there that doesn't even fit that qualification, so <laughs> it's fine. That's a great one. I love it. Um, we're going to keep going. Christian, what is your next idea for this? That Hasbro, again, Hasbro, you better be listening to this show because we're mining (laughs) gold.
1: We were. It's my turn now. Oh, is it? It's it's Christian time. (laughs) Okay. So I am It's time
0: for Christian to, to reveal that his next HasLab pick Is the like special edition
1: Sasquatch from Mars (laughs) playset? You're not all that far off, (laughs) but you might actually be into this one. So, okay, I was still thinking about figures. Okay. And if so, we have like, you know, the 1982 wave, what would be another sort of wave that? would get backers all in and i was trying to think
0: and it's a tough proposal because 1982 is obvious it's the origin of joe it has a cachet it has a value but then years after that things start to get so
1: expansive
0: that it's difficult to say this is it
1: right because you're you're not Sorry to all you fans out there of this subline, but you're not going to probably back a Battle Force 2000. I'm not. <laughs> so, uh, but I am still a firm believer in the shared universe for Hasbro. Okay. So the I, retroverse. The retroverse, sorry, retroverse. So if I had the ability to greenlight and I think, what is Toyetic? Well, if I went to Hasbro and I said, I want to do a Haslab Eco Warrior set, what makes that a Haslab? Why, the giant centerpiece of this set would be Tindril from oh, the Humanoid. Stop it! Stop <laughs> it! So you would have like you would have your Eco Warriors Flint, your Deep Six, um, but then also toss in O-ring figures of the Earth Core to oh, go along with man. it. With your stretch, your first stretch goal being the uh inhumanoids version. Of Ace yeah. that was canceled. The <laughs> tour line was canceled before he came Man. out. So there's your other GI Joe hook into it. But I mean, you could easily justify a Tendril Hasla, and, oh and I and I think that would appeal to more than just the GI Joe fans.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. And here's here's a little bonus. So here's what you do, Hasbro, because I know you're listening. You get James Groman to come in and design this tendril. James Groman, if you don't know, uh, designed Madballs, My Pet Monster, a lot of the gross-out '80s toys. You get James Groman to come in and design. Now we keep the the key we keep the aesthetics. Of '80s toys, so this will not be like hyper detailed or anything like that. It's gonna maintain the same general look of the Inhumanoid's tendril, but just be again high definition.
1: Right, and I and I think maybe another six inches taller than oh, really the Vin- I yeah, because if it has oh. lab, if if we're figuring that we're gonna get this to like. A 250, 275 price point, then I think that 150, 175 of that goes towards Tendril to make him just slightly bigger so that your 3.75 Joes are fighting a formidable foe.
0: So if Tendril had come out as part of the Joe line, do you think that figure would have looked pretty much the same or would it have had a little bit different articulation? What kind of differences might there have been?
1: If he had come out in the G.I. Joe line, I do think he would have looked different. I think he would have still had the same sort of articulation because when you look at those alien figures that came out later, yes it sort of fit but i think and this is going to sound weird he is already something of a simplified figure but i think if he had come out in the joe line he would have been even slightly more simplified
0: oh interesting. I, I don't
1: I, I don't think that they would have been quite as completely monstrous Looking and I also don't think that they would have had the light piping in them. Yeah, I think you're
0: probably right about the light piping. But let me ask you this we all (laughs) love Tendril, Tendril, the largest of the inhumanoids. However, Decompose had one very important feature that Tendril did not, and that was that chest cage Mm -hmm. that interacted with the figures would decompose perhaps be a better choice than tendril
1: i don't when i think of the eco warriors concept if i have them all sitting on a shelf together and this is going to sound crazy it's just how my brain works i look at tendril and i see slimy ooze i see hedora
0: he's the guy
1: and yeah, yeah. i see decompose or Metlar because my i was trying to justify either one of those because decompose is my favorite of the see three.
0: decompose to me is like toxicity is what the eco warriors are fighting
1: but I whereas think it's tendril is almost more, more swamp thingy i i i view composed just a little bit more zombie ish i think that the green colors of Tindril just make him toyetic to where like i said i think that this would cross over outside of just gi joe fans if they saw this really cool stand out different than the other sort of monsters that are out there and, but that would then give Hasbro a. It would show them that there was a market out there, and then we absolutely could get Metlar and so decompose
0: two things. One, mm-hmm. this HD uh tendril would have actual bendy tendrils. Yes, to interact or okay. I don't know if I'd prefer bend because I've talked about it before. I'm not a giant fan of Bendy, because Bendy is always potentially going to break. So either Bendy tendrils or interchangeable tendrils that have, like, you can put Joe figures in them, wrapped up.
1: I think if you did the interchangeable, which is probably what Hasbro would do. I think that it still needs to be made of a soft plastic. Yeah. A soft enough plastic. Well, well, like the to original. give you give you some
0: yeah,
1: you want like that. I don't need I don't need wires in it because I feel like right, that's right. what causes those That's what's going to break. to break. But when you look at um oh gosh my mind of course is going to go blank right now there's the line of um over in Japan It's the 12-inch bodies that you can customize that have no seams because it has an armature underneath. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Something like, you know, if they did something like that.
2: Like a ratcheting skeleton inside. Right, like the old school Barbie
1: legs or something. So that you actually have plastic inside the plastic, I don't think you would have the same problem of it tearing and, and breaking.
0: Yeah, that would be very cool. Um but I'm going to go ahead and say let's just jack this price up to like 500 bucks and third decompose
1: and metlar
0: in. Oh sure. Let's just do it.
1: Yeah, I give you know what? Give us the three monsters, give us the Joes, the Eco Warrior Joes and then make your stretch goals. The Earth Core again. Well, with the
0: first one being Ace. If you're doing it, I, you have to. I, you know what? This is we're 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 taking. This is just an Inhumanoid <laughs> Taz Lab. It's a it's an O ring Inhumanoid <laughs> TAS Lab. You you have all of the Earth Core members, including I cannot remember the female's name right now, and I'm sorry for that. Oh, Sandra. Yes, she didn't get a figure, unfortunately. Nope. But you get o-ring 3.75 inch o-rings of all of the earth core as well as their armor that they snap into
1: okay i would and be the armor be down for that
0: the armor is the same five points of articulation armor that we yeah. got with the original line but you get mm-hmm. actual fully articulated o-ring figures that you put into the armor and snap it closed and they're in there i Wonderful. like that done sold i'm in let's do it let's make it happen uh all right we i think we get one more each uh my next one
2: well i didn't get my second one
0: well oh, no, get so you. you this is okay was i next you're, or were you're you were next? You next? Next, okay, I I next. next all right i've got like a dozen here all so right. real quick i'm just gonna say if they do a flag i'll back a flag I don't think it's likely, but I'll do it. But my, okay, so I'm going to go for Dave's wacky way out pick next. (laughs) My next pick, this is insane. Bear with me.
1: (laughs) I cannot wait. (laughs) Nobody's going to be
0: surprised. My wacky way out pick is a special mission Brazil set. Obviously, this is a HasLab, so it's not just the Special Mission Brazil figures. It is a Special Mission Brazil colored Havoc and Tomahawk with the five Special Mission Brazil figures.
1: I like that. Yeah. It's probably the only way we're going to get a Tomahawk.
0: Well, yeah, absolutely. If, if they're going to redo the Tomahawk, it's going to be a hazlab for sure. But I say do it up big. Give it a theme. Again, Emily always talks about storytelling. Mm-hmm. So let's tell a story. And that story is the greatest G.I. Joe story of all time. Special mission Brazil. <laughs> I would because the Tomahawk, the colors aren't that far off anyway. You could pretty much do a traditional Tomahawk, but I say do a special Havoc uh, that matches the Tomahawk and matches the. Now, granted, Wetsuit is kind of a standout among the Special Mission Brazil, but in those same color themes, I, I you know me, I love, I love this set. It's, it's anything that we talk about. This is a set that I'm going to point out. Uh, I would, I would love to see it. I think it would be very cool. And it would, again, like it. just be HD versions of these things.
1: Mm-hmm. But also, I think a stretch goal should be a Special Forces Brazil-colored lifeline to go with the Tomahawk.
0: Oh, that would be fantastic. I love that. And also... A newly recorded version of the Special Mission Brazil audio tape with Nathan Fillion doing all of the voices. <laughs> all right. All right. I feel better. I got that out of me. Noel, <laughs> wrap this thing up for us. What is uh, our superstar main event HasLab o oh, ring
2: all right. Well, I mentioned that uh, this one ties into the actual uh, O-Ring has Lab we've gotten. You got yourself a Skystriker. It's got to have a sparring partner in the sky. And while I love the Rattler, what my choice would be would be to do a Night Raven as a HasLab um, because it's one of my favorite vehicles. I mentioned it last week. It, it's one of the quarterstones of my um, collection, but having a nice new pristine one it would be fantastic i i'm i know they've released smaller versions of the night raven yeah um but the the one the original size i think the last time they did that one was the sky was the sky patrol um i don't think they've ever released hmm. that one in its full size version since then since the original uh run
0: yeah i think you're um, correct
2: but, and you can do it just like you do with the Sky Stri- Striker, where it's, you know, identically sized to the original one. Um, of course, this the Night Raven has the two seats uh, in the front, and it also has the drone vehicle in the back. So you get two regular Strato Vipers, but you get a third Strato Viper who happens to be Raven. Yes. From the episode uh, In the Presence mm-hmm. of Mine Enemies.
0: And, and
2: because we're telling a story here, all of your stretch goals are related to that same episode. So you get a stretch, you get a slipstream, you get some bats, and of course, you get your bio annihilator. Yes. <laughs> oh man, I'm I am
0: now in. backing this. We're done. I'm in. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, yeah, I, and I agree with you because people so often say that the rattler is the sparring partner for the sky striker but the rattler has been reissued several times i've got mm-hmm. i've got two of them hanging from the ceiling right behind me i do not own a night raven i would love to have a night raven i would that that to me is a perfect choice and and your stretch goals as you're describing just make it all that much more enticing that's a fantastic pick uh all right I think we've laid out some fantastic O-Ring HasLab ideas. Uh, We've got the next like six years of the retroverse planned out. Good job, guys. (laughs) Emily and Lenny, if you're listening, we know you are. Uh, Let's make this happen. Yeah, let's do it. All right, guys. It is time now to move on.
2: Welcome to America's Elite, where we look at all of the different incarnations of a single character's figures throughout the years of G.I. Joe. And uh, for this week, we're going to look at one that uh, was always a personal favorite character of mine, Lowlight. Through the years. So um, I think we'll start off with the, with, the, with the original because uh, as we're looking through this list, sometimes we've gone over some of these that they had dozens of figures throughout the years and that's you know three and three quarter inch figures, but they also had uh, figures in other lines as well. Um, but as we're going through this, it looks like with low light, uh, all we see are the three and three quarter inch figures that have been released <laughs> thus far. Um, starting with of course, V1, 1986. Uh, this is the original low light. We all know what he looks like. He's wearing that, uh, that dark gray suit with the with the one like splotch of red right there on his shoulder, um, the beanie, the very cool red goggles, and that little bit of puffy blonde hair sticking out of the back of it. And uh, this was definitely a figure that I loved as a kid.
0: Yeah, I Same. I thought this figure was just one of the coolest Joes, and which which is funny because now I look at it and like I'm not a huge fan of Night Force, just because, like I get it, it's cool, it's darker repaints, but it's kind, they're kind of bland, and he's almost like a precursor to Night Force in a weird way, but but he I was, was kid, different
2: from the rest of the line,
0: right at the time, right and those the red like night vision goggles i don't what's funny is i if i were pressed to like draw him without looking at the figure i would not have had his beanie just kind of sitting on top of his head like this <laughs> in my mind it was like cooler and like pulled down over his head a little bit more uh here it, it really is just sitting on top of his head that's not how i would have thought of it. Uh he is one of the figures that had a bipod for his rifle that I actually remembered as having a bipod for his rifle. Unlike dusty, Mm. who I was absolutely shocked to learn was supposed to have that. Uh, So I kept, when I was a kid, I kept that and that gigantic scope is just awesome. Well, and even his forearm, those uh, forearm pads that he's got, Mm -hmm. The texture of those looks really cool. All of the metallic, like the paint on his zippers and everything. Uh, Just all of those little details. He does stand out the cool way uh, that his shirt like kind of buckles over. He, He really does have a lot, even though he's just sort of gray. He's got a lot of really, really cool details. 1986. it was a good good year good year yeah
2: and there was a lot of i mean a lot of diversity on the you know just on the joe team that year as far as their you know different environments and different color schemes so uh they were starting to branch out a little bit into the the really brightly colored stuff but they did ground some stuff in reality and lowlight's one of those that you know he wasn't like a traditional military costume but he's a night spotter which i right. guess is because they didn't want to call him a sniper um so it does make sense that he's wearing all those those night uh those night colors um but he's got yeah all the stuff that makes him pop he's got the you know as you mentioned the silver and the red and so he's got just enough color there so he doesn't just look like a bland gray figure and i love the okay. fact that he's got all the all his accessories are all black too Um, which make them look more realistic because you've got his Uzi and his sniper rifle that are that that color, and also the big black backpack.
0: Well, and he's also got, like, almost kind of a grimace in his portrait. Mm -hmm. Like, he has a very distinctive, interesting facial structure as well. Like, just very, very cool figure in a year of cool figures.
2: Yeah. So, uh... We're going to move on, I guess, to V two, which was a straight repaint of V one, and uh, the less I can talk about this figure, uh, the better. <laughs> he looks like when you were making Easter eggs as a kid, um, when you would dip them in a little bit at a time and let the color dry, and then you dip them it again, so you get like different layers of uh, of, of Easter egg colors. Uh, of course, this is the Slaughter's Marauders low light. And the, those figures are notorious for having one of the most garish costume colorings in all of G.I. Joe history.
0: Well, and, and to be honest, it's not really even the colors that bother me. It's the way they're applied. Like you said, it looks like he was dipped in Easter egg dye. Like if if he had a brown vest with green sleeves and a blue hat and blue gloves. Like if it wasn't just straight up, like lines of color going across him, it wouldn't be as bad. Or if, or if this was a camo pattern in these colors, it wouldn't be as bad, but the way that they've arranged these colors, it's almost the most off-putting way you could have possibly presented this.
2: And I know we're not talking file cards, but something I just noticed while looking through these the original file card he hails from Crosby North Dakota but this version he hails from Crosby,
1: New Mexico. Very interesting. So did original Lola get killed in duty? And (laughs) that's the only or yeah that's the only way they could convince this new low light version two like here's your uniform well well as this we, looks awful
0: as we go through these low lights it appears that many low lights have been killed in the <laughs> line of
1: duty <laughs> that's what happens <laughs> yep we're gonna need uh, another timmy yeah. <laughs>
0: uh so, oh, yeah, this, so- this one slaughters marauders low light, uh, hideous. Let's let's yeah. move on, yeah.
2: <laughs> so, uh, we have our third version. This is a brand new mold from 1991. He is now uh, the night fighter, uh, not night spotter low light v3. Um, and this is when. Lowlight discovered MDMA and started going to raves. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Also, clearly killed in action, because this is definitely not the same person that we saw those last two figures. Um, Because Lowlight is now beardy, which is fine. But he's also gone from his uh, bright blonde hair to jet black hair for some unknown reason.
0: Well, and um, this I, I this is how he appeared in the Deke cartoon, isn't it? Right. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. So, uh, which, uh, which we will, well, I'm sure, be soon reviewing <laughs> a, a low light episode.
2: Well, and and he wasn't the only character who, of course, who uh, strangely got a different uh, hair coloring. Um, of course, Hawk was, I guess, the first one to do so, but Hawk kind of made sense because Hawk was trying to be distinguished from Duke. Right. And the original Hawk figure was not one that was featured a lot in media before that, except for the comics. So, you know, it's, it was fine to, to, to give him a little different hair color uh, also, but also going blonde to Brown, isn't quite as stark as going from blonde to jet black as this figure goes. You know, yeah. we had outback changing hair colors and a couple others, but this is, this is definitely one of the more uh, obscene carryovers.
0: Uh, but over this figure, uh, not bad. The color combination is not terrible, especially given uh, some of the other things that were coming out in 1991, in mm-hmm. 1992. Uh, he still has a pretty cool looking rifle. Pretty cool and distinctive. Uh, he's got a great knife. The helmet is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. The design isn't bad, but the size is... Really large, yeah. When
2: did the Nintendo Virtual Boy come out? Because I feel like this is uh,
1: <laughs> low light, <laughs> what <when> he's
0: <laughs> low light has constant migraines. <laughs>
1: and uh, I, I'm with you, Dave. I actually do like minus the helmet, I like this design. I understand kind of why he has the weird. I'm not going to say camo, but the the black markings on his face. Well, because like that. that, I don't. For me, because the helmet covers all of it. Up, I,
0: well, yeah. I'm
1: I'm curious. Yeah, you know,
0: I. The helmet almost covers in his entire his body. whole
1: head. Yeah. Um, I think I would like hmm. this
2: figure a lot better. It's it's a small thing, but when I think about it, it I it just it's it the thing that's the bothers me the most. Um. I like I don't mind the brown um top unto itself, but I think it clashes with that kind of turquoise. I think if they had just had the arms be black, yes. or just the upper yes. body also be mm. black, he'd the, be a great looking figure. But if that brown things yeah
0: the two things i would change i would scale his helmet down well i would just make the visor part of the helmet rather than a separate piece Mm -hmm. so it could be smaller but i like the red on the visor it's a good callback to the original figure but yes Mm -hmm. if those sleeves were just black instead of brown uh he would look a lot cooler
2: yeah yeah why they went with brown that's that's kind of it's kind of puzzling because i mean he's a you know he's the night fighter so he should be as in as much black as possible i
0: think just to throw some more color on it i love the removable flashlight um you know kind kind of similar to tunnel rat style except Mm -hmm. this flashlight is like a little heavier duty a little bigger accessory so it's gonna look cooler when he pulls it out and uses it in his i like how it plugs into the backpack oh no (laughs) what's the oh no no, 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 not an
1: no, oh, no. Sorry. Oh, um, I, I'm looking at the card art and the black. So it's actually he's wearing oh my goodness, is mesh. he wearing
0: fishnet?
1: He yes. is. So yes. that's that's why those sleeves are brown. Because well, I was thinking of it, some sort of like, oh, he's wearing just kind of like some kind of bulletproof mesh. That's what I no, thought. No, you really are serious. This is Rave logo. Yes, it's like. It's
0: almost like the guy, the the enemy from Commando, with his chainmail shirt. <laughs> um, yeah, let's just ignore the card. Yeah, art this is and like, take the figure for what it is, uh, which is you know not bad. I can. Which I feel this.
1: like is what Lowlight asked the rest of the Joes to do when he showed up to battle with fishnets on. With
0: fish <laughs> I mean the shirt part doesn't here. bother
1: me. I'm just really trying to figure out. Wow. How that Okay.
0: <laughs> Let's uh I wish uh, I wish I had never seen that card I, art. I, I,
2: <laughs> <laughs> so uh so we can move on now to version 4 low light.
0: Oh boy. Uh, it's not going to get better now, is it?
2: <laughs> and now low light has taken on a new role. He's no longer just a night uh, spotter. He's a dinosaur night spotter uh, because, of course,
1: <laughs> this is
2: the one that came with the infamous 1993 Dino Hunter mission playset uh, along with uh, Ambush. Which, which,
0: by the way, I just want to go ahead and scratch everything we said in the last segment. We need a Dino Hunter has lab. Forget everything we said a few minutes ago. Dino Hunter has lab or bust.
2: <laughs> oh, so, um, so yeah, this is, uh, it looks to be a complete, at least, um, yeah, I think it's a complete repaint of the yeah, V3. Yeah. yeah. Totally just um, a
0: repaint with, with yellow, yellow fishnet.
1: Except when you look at his art, they draw it more as solid like armor yeah yeah you're right you're right to well he almost looks like a python patrol he he looks like python patrol there yeah so he can hide from dinosaurs yeah
0: yeah
1: night dinosaurs Uh,
2: he is blonde again so apparently they've 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 figured out the replicant process now and um he he can have the right hair color um that's not going to stay forever as we'll soon learn um (laughs) But yeah, this is a this is a pretty awful figure.
0: Yeah, this one is, is uh yeah. pretty bad. Don't love
1: the, it. The the colors I I find as bad on my eyes as the Slaughter's Marauders version, but at least with this one, every the colors are broken up in ways that make sense. Well yeah. Yeah. the thing with these it's, none of these colors are replay, terrible. Oh yeah, no, the colors are absolutely awful. So,
2: well, the, I don't think on under their own these colors aren't terrible. They just clash terribly. This I don't know, neon yellow, yellow is the neon bad. yellow yeah. with the with the like the olive trousers is where the problem is. There are plenty of neon yellow Joes
1: that look just fine. Sure, but none of them were that, night snipers. I would either. just
0: like to note for our listeners and for the the general history of GI Joe. Never before has that sentence been uttered. There are plenty of neon yellow Joes that look just fine. Nobody's ever said that in the history of G.I. Joe fandom. That is a first. Everybody uh, mark it on I, your calendars.
2: I don't know. I know I know some people who are really into 90s Joes,
0: so oh, I well, bet and you that's I'm fine. not that's the first. Fine. And I get it. I get it. All right. Let's. So, do we move on to please, leave, please, uh... please? Let's move on to to, <laughs> right. to one to one that I actually own. Oh, okay. oh yes. Well,
2: he is his his role has changed again because now he is the Outback of the night. Right. He is the night survivalist.
0: Outback of um... the night. Uh, I think that was a Night Ranger song. <laughs> outback uh... of the night
2: so his, this was uh from 2001 it was a two-pack along with surefire uh there were a lot of these little two-packs that came out and uh there were some there were some really good figures that came out in these two-packs
0: i love um, these man i i was actively collecting i still have most of these real american hero uh figures and I, and i'm at the time I didn't even realize that they were just repaints of '90s Joes because I paid zero attention to GI Joe in the '90s.
2: Yeah, and I remember when we we went through the Dial Tone when we were looking for the Dial Tone. It actually made me go and find that figure, find that two pack on eBay and buy it because, like, the Dial Tone even has a mustache that's not painted but mm-hmm. it's barely visible right <laughs> you, you... right,
0: right. <laughs> it's like a caesar um, romero type of thing going on right. <laughs> uh,
2: by the way this is, so this oh is, no finish oh go ahead uh, well, I, I, was I was gonna say, say this is of these three uh, versions of this mold we've seen thus far this is my favorite colors oh 100 percent. and there's a
1: works. i think there's a reason because according to the file card with him being from Crosby, North Dakota again, original low light has come back from his special (laughs) mission and killed the previous one (laughs) for wearing such (laughs) horrid outfits and took his place.
2: Well, I do believe that the V2 was the only one that was from New Mexico. I believe they fixed it on three. Oh, did they? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So this, this, this mold has always been from North Dakota.
0: But uh, yeah, this one uh, color wise looks really good. And once once you put these elements in more subdued colors, it it does look pretty reasonable. Uh, comes with all the same accessories. Like I said, I love that that flashlight uh, just looks like a cool piece of tech and that it plugs into the backpack. He's got the knife that also goes into the backpack sheath. Uh, he does still have a gigantic helmet which doesn't look quite as unwieldy in all black, but is still too big. Uh, but he also has that second version of the, the sniper rifle that looks unique and cool.
1: Well, he did hear that the Druish princess likes a big helmet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so this one, Uh, while I do wish he was blonde, uh, definitely the best low light update we've seen thus far. Mm -hmm. Yes.
2: All right. So then we're going to get into yet another mold. And of course this is 2006. Um, This is V6 low light. And this one is clearly designed to be an homage to the original low light. Uh, This was kind of the end of the years of the, uh, o-ring figures um was this the last year they did o-rings 2006 uh, as part of the regular assortment
0: i'm not positive it was this was post new sculpt like when they realized like oh people don't really like these new sculpt things let's do o-rings again yeah uh, and they went back to that style using elements of the new sculpt you can see the hinged uh shoulders on this guy uh mm-hmm. The Elbows or, or the updated elbows, uh, but he does still have that the o ring design, right? Um, uh,
2: but this one's you know, this is he's got uh the removable vest this time, uh, that still has the the big splash of uh, red on the shoulder. Um, he's got the, the the big sniper rifle, he's got the Uzi, so he's he's definitely a, a or as it's a pistol this time, it's not an Uzi,
0: yeah, but- just a pistol.
2: But yeah, he's definitely a direct homage to that figure. And uh, you know, not not bad. I'm I don't I I don't have many bad things to say about this figure. Um other than the fact that he um Well, no, I guess he does have that. All right. So yeah, he's 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 not bad. Not bad at all.
0: Yeah, this is for the era. This is a pretty great update. I really like the map uh on his thigh there, uh his sniper rifle very mm-hmm. very cool, nicely updated. His goggles could look a little better, but they were way into making everything removable that could be removable at the time.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. uh,
0: but but for the era, very good low light. I, I dig this one quite a bit. Yeah. All right.
2: So we're going to move to version number seven from two thousand eight. And, uh, so oh, I guess they were still doing, uh, this was, this was from the international convention, G.I. Joe convention. Well, yeah, they, uh, they so- kept
0: doing, uh, O-rings for conventions for a few more yep. years. Yep.
2: So this is a repaint of the original low light figure from 1986. Um, he is, uh, a SWAT sharpshooter. He's wearing like, uh, olive green, um, trousers and, and a top um with uh with with a lot of black details some silver pop to it um his goggles this time are like a a, a, a mirrored blue and that that looks really cool mm. um so uh yeah i, I i'm i all in on this figure right here it's this is, this is a good looking figure he's got uh different weapons than the original figure but they are kind of in line with it he's got a submachine gun and he's got a a rifle so uh yeah um i'm this is not one that i've really ever paid too much attention to but i do like this and i like this three pack
0: yeah this this is a great repaint looks really good uh it's it's the kind of differences you like in a repaint of an original joe figure um and it it comes as like you said the three pack is a really solid three pack uh, with versions of shockwave and then this like bomb disposal guy.
2: I'm sorry, that's shock blast.
0: Uh, you're right. I'm uh, sorry, shock blast.
2: Yes. Shock blast and long arm, who is like really cool. This you know he's got the the full like bomb suit on and the and the little uh, wheeled vehicle
0: <laughs> that we would see later on in the line. Um, yeah. Yeah, this this is a great set and this is a really cool low light. A great repaint. Like this is the spirit of what re- good repaints should be.
2: Yeah, and Yeah. Uh, they did a lot with these ex- the, these convention exclusives and I really uh, sometimes kick myself for not getting getting in on them at the time.
0: I know, right? Cuz he's I'm sure this three pack cost a fortune. A six, look at this. It's Limited 600. edition of 600. Yeah, I bet that's what you're gonna pay to get these three.
2: (laughs) Oh, I would be. I would actually err on the higher side of that. Really? I'm I'm thinking. We'll see. Let's let's. Why don't we find out?
0: Yeah, do a little research. Uh, Let's see what we got here. I'm curious.
2: Convention. All right.
0: Here's Uh, here's a way Hasbro could anger a lot of collectors: is just start reissuing all these convention exclusives (laughs) (laughs) through Hasbro Pulse. People would be so mad.
2: G.I. Joe Convention 2008. Let's see what we got currently on eBay. If it's
0: Uh, one where you can't even find listings, that's the worst.
2: Yeah. Well, so they also uh, put out the uh, SWAT vehicle Humvee hammer with Bullhorn. Okay. Uh, That is currently on for $1,900. Whoa. Um now it's that's just the list price
0: right right that's yeah. not the sold price but there may not um, be sold auctions for any of this
2: yeah i'm looking i'm just i'm looking for the three pack by its, uh, uh together i'm not seeing it i'm also not seeing wow any of these individuals what figures. year was it
0: 2008
2: yes yeah, so it's 2008 Let's see. Uh, mm. They have the Headhunters were also released that year, and that box set is twelve hundred dollars listed gosh. there. Uh, so there's also one for a thousand for $9.99. So yeah, uh, I would imagine that if this three pack were up for sale, it would not be cheap.
0: Yeah, I don't even see a two thousand eight low light like this. I mean, there there's wow. All right. Let's move on to something that is not uh, wallet cripplingly expensive.
2: <laughs> All right. I guess that would take us to version eight uh, of uh, low light, which is from 2011. This is of course in the 25th anniversary style. Uh, this is actually pursuit of Cobra in 2011. Um, he is the night spotter. Once again, uh, this is a pretty cool update of the original 1986 figure uh, just in the more in the more modern style. Um, he he's got a lot of accessories, way more than the original. He's got this um what is this 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 whole giant backpack? Dude, holds it's crazy. It's I've got
0: two versions of this figure and it is wild.
2: Yeah, like it's shocking that all this was on a single carded figure.
0: It's got the. Oh, during this time
2: period,
1: they were all just swimming in accessories. Yeah.
0: Uh, It's got the case for the sniper rifle with the uh, removable scope. Uh, It's got the backpack with all kinds of business uh, up in there. Uh, The they were doing. It
2: has a bullet.
0: (laughs) Yes, it comes with a a one eighteenth scale bullet. (laughs) which is just ridiculous. Uh, I I mean, these figures at the time, look, when I was getting them, I was like, this is amazing. Look at all this stuff these come with. But now I'm like, look at all this tiny
1: nonsense. thats completely unnecessary.
2: Uh, But I have to try to match up when it's all in a bag somewhere and see which figure it goes with.
0: Well, no, the cool thing is all of this stores on the figure.
2: Well, that's, uh, that's good if it, yeah. if it does store on the figure that's great yes,
0: all of it stores on the figure uh, th- this is I mean this is one of the greatest action figures of all time the problem is that it's so small that it's like almost just annoying to have it interact with all these accessories if they base the classified low light off of this it will be incredible
2: it will also be a $35 figure. Well,
0: maybe. (laughs) Yeah.
2: If it has, yeah. If, if Kamakura was a deluxe figure. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you're right. This is a deluxe Mm -hmm. figure.
0: (laughs) Uh, But yeah, absolutely incredible. This this is, uh, if I had to pick out like five figures to represent the peak of the modern era of G.I. Joe, this would be one of them. This is a phenomenal figure and, and an amazing accomplishment in the interactivity of accessories to go with a figure at this scale.
2: This is also a figure that, uh, as as many of these era do... This figure does not look good without its vest on.
0: Oh well, no. Oh, no. Yeah. No. No, <laughs> no. no. but, but I mean, they were not intended to be displayed that way, right? Which, <laughs> which, which does bring up the question: It's
2: even possible why, why, even why they it even bother it. with that, right? And I, right. that I agree with. There's no point. It just it just costs more to tool it, and right. Yeah, no one's going to display I, it
0: that. Well, way. okay. So you say it costs more to tool it. However, you can use that same body and put different vests on it to achieve different characters, which was well, that's true. the intent for a lot of these at the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, All 2011 right. version 8 low light. Phenomenal. And uh, next up.
1: Here <laughs> we go.
2: All right. So. Also, in 2011, we have Lowlight V9 Night Spider. This was for the Slaughters Marauders battle set, and um, the, of course, we, we've already wretched about the original Slaughters Marauders figure from 19 what was that 88 or whatever it was. This is a lot better than that one is.
0: Yes. Um, Yes.
2: Now there was only you could only go up from that one, but this one is (laughs) (laughs) this one is significantly up from the other one. Uh, It does have that you know bright blue color uh, for the for the beanie and the shoulder pads, Um, but he's mainly in gray uh, and he has the uh, the burgundy colored vest, which actually looks really cool.
0: Yeah, red is, you know, if you go back to the original low light, he's got the red shoulder pad. He's got the red goggles. Like red is a color that kind of naturally goes along with this character. So this works a lot better, in my opinion, than the original slaughter colors. And they've scaled down the accessories a little bit to make him a, a little, little bit. Basic. <laughs> well, okay, a lot, a lot, because he's part of a box set. right? Uh, so you have the essentials for a good low light. But not the like awesomeness, but almost overkill of that last release. Uh, and I've of got this any, one as well, and it's great.
1: Of anything I have ever seen with the word "slaughters" "marauders" attached to it, huh. he is the least offensive. To oh, my I, will, eyes. I will argue all day that the
2: slaughters marauders vehicles are some of the best looking vehicles they ever oh, made. I'm, oh, those
1: I'm are talking, fantastic! I'm
2: Demo talking figures, great. <laughs> But his figures are a whole different story.
0: Yeah. Well, And this this box set that they did, I really love this box set uh, because what they did is combine the Renegades with the Marauders. Uh, and you got some actually really good repaints uh, alongside uh, Taurus Mercer and Red Bull. The, this was a very, very cool box set. Well, I don't know. That Falcon maybe isn't the best. Uh, but other than that, it, it's a cool set. I like this set quite a bit. Uh, but this low light, great. I mean, great update, great repaint. This again, this is, when you think about like adding color and making a cool repaint, this one works in my opinion.
2: Yeah, yeah, it it looks different enough from the the mainline figure, um, but it it's not. It doesn't make me want to stab my eyes out.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, All right, guys, so we've covered, uh, if we've missed anything, listeners, please let us know. You can shoot a message to Audible Interlude Podcast on Instagram if we missed a low light. Uh, We tooled around a little bit, and I don't believe he got a Sigma Six. Uh, I don't think he got a sideshow. Uh, I think he's pretty much restricted to the three and three-quarter inch scale. Uh, But we got to take a look at these and figure out which one is truly America's elite. I'll go ahead and uh, throw mine out there. And and I, I imagine we're probably all going to have the same pick. The original, nothing is ever going to top that.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. And I... Uh, oh, for yep. me, it's version 8.
0: Oh, really? Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. you are yeah.
1: a 25th. Yeah, you're a modern yeah, era collector. But it's also... Uh, <laughs> as much as Dave hates all the accessories when he has everything when he's all geared up he looks like what as a kid i pictured low light to be well
0: and i don't i don't hate all the accessories it's just it's a lot oh my gosh much. this is so much stuff <laughs> all these little things and they're neat and if i was a kid like playing with all of that stuff it would have been so cool but as an adult it's just like Ugh, let me plug this into this this into this and you go on the shelf it's fine <laughs> shut up <laughs> uh, but you're not wrong out of all of them version eight probably it, is like the best toy out
1: of all of them and he is based off of the look yeah of absolutely. the original so yeah you
2: yeah you know yeah yeah yeah, I mean I I'm, I'm going to go with V1. Of course, because I mean it's obviously nostalgia is a good, good part of that. I think that if I were dropped into a world where I just learned about GI Joe for the first time and was looking at these figures, I might say that V7 is the best of them all. That um that SWAT version. Cuz oh. I just really really like that look.
0: Yeah, the colors um, are nice on that one.
2: But uh but yeah, I mean for for me got to go with the got to go with the original.
0: All right. Well, there you go. Uh, America's elite this round low light version one wins, uh, but, but some cool worthy variants in there as well. Mm -hmm. I think, I think, uh, a couple of aberrations aside, he's one of the more consistently cool figures we've talked about.
1: And I, I was mentioning, use my words, mentioning this to Noel in one of our conversations his look changes like usually when we do these it's like here's this figure in this color now here's the exact same figure in these darker colors yeah yeah he changed head sculpts he changed hair color beards like I feel like there's a if you went with low lights there's at least there's variety If you wanted to have more than one on your shelf.
0: Well, your, your version three, four, and five, you would not look at like if you, if, if, well, when I was going back through my, my late nineties, early two thousands, Joe's and separating everything out. If I hadn't been going by a visual checklist, I never would have picked out that version five as a low light
2: ever. Well, also like just looking at those first glance, they don't immediately they wouldn't even immediately appear like they're that they're repaints of one another like yeah. i had to i had to look at four for a second and be like is that the same figure as three up oh, it sure is
0: yeah yeah which is honestly something to be sort of admired that those three mm-hmm. look so different but are the same figure all right well it's time to move on all right our closing segment is knowing is half the babble where each of us gets a little bit of time to talk about anything we want that might not even be gi joe related noel is your babble gi joe related
2: uh it, it actually is so um this past weekend uh there was a, an event that uh, i had on my calendar and made sure to attend uh it's a little thing called the geek garage sale that oh was you went by yeah yeah i went very briefly um but because we had to, we had lunch reservations at noon um so we kind of had to get in right when it opened up because they opened at 11 and it was 20 minutes away from where we were eating lunch so i didn't have that much time to get through it but I, I went through, um, poked around. I didn't buy a lot. Uh mainly what I was buying was I bought some PS3 games for like three dollars a piece, because why the heck not? Um but uh they there wasn't a lot of Joe stuff there. Um that was interesting because the official Dragon Con booth uh had a coastal defender sitting on the on the table. I presume that was for sale, uh loose. Um, but that was that was kind of unusual. But what I went to this because in the past they've done these uh and i think the last time it happened was in 2020 and i think you dave did you have a booth at that one am i not is that what i'm yeah i did that okay i
0: did that one
2: yeah and this is in a lot better space than that one um but oh wow okay yeah this was this was at (laughs) down at Georgia Tech and it was actually in a convention hall so it was a giant room so you 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 weren't like Uh, afraid you were going to swallow somebody's hair uh, at all times during the day Um, but the first time I did one of these geek garage sales I believe was in 2013 and it was in a warehouse um, downtown uh, kind of in like the industrial section and this was back this was truly a garage sale people had like vintage G.I. Joe and Transformers and and all sorts of old toys for like dirt cheap prices. And I bought a bunch of stuff, including somebody's entire childhood GI Joe collection that I almost passed on because I wasn't collecting GI Joe at the time for like for $10. And it was tons of vehicles, tons of figures um, all in decent condition. Um, But if I had found that same lot somewhere now, it'd probably be, $300. And uh, he had actually talked me into buying it just because he didn't want to take it home with him. And I was like, sure, (laughs) I'll take your GI Joes off your hand for $10 and put these in my closet somewhere. Well, thankfully, I did that at the time because uh, that was um, kind of a good chunk of some of the stuff I've got on my shelves now.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, those, uh, those geek garage sales, I I actually thought about getting a table at that one and i just i just knew i wasn't gonna have the bandwidth to deal with it
2: yeah all
0: right so my babble is not joe related at all but it's related to a lot of stuff that's been going on on the needless things youtube channel lots of dungeons and dragons stuff been going on lately because the movie is obviously coming out uh and matter of fact today i received Raycor, the black acid breathing dragon, which I'm going to be doing a review of very soon. But we've talked about this before, but I don't think on the air because it's not G.I. Joe related at all. Hasbro. We've just handed you guys nothing but gold today in this episode. And I'm going to hand you a little bit more because a Tiamat Haslab lab would be a crossover smash hit everybody wants a five-headed dragon deluxe like super articulated has lab do it make it happen can you imagine like look at the sentinel look at galactus and just make that a five-headed dragon stretch goals could be like the different breaths of all the dragons was it frost, fire, acid, lightning, what smoke, smog? What is the other one? Whatever
1: the oh fifth gosh. one is. <laughs> Did you hit all the ones that, that I was picturing? right? Those are the obvious ones.
0: I yeah. don't know what the other one is, but but all of like blast <laughs> effects for the breath of the dragons. Um, maybe another stretch goal could be like a giant treasure hoard or something I don't know I don't it doesn't matter because a, a lab Tiamat would be incredible this is my pitch this is something that needs to happen and with as hard as Hasbro's going on Dungeons and Dragons right now because of the movie we've gotten two waves of cartoon classics an ongoing line of movie-based figures hopefully more in the works uh I think now is the time to put this out there and give us this incredible like this would be a centerpiece this would be a nerd fantasy type piece this is something that you know not just Dungeons and Dragons fans would want but like everybody recognizes that multicolored five-headed dragon I think it would be a great Haslam 100
1: I'd back it it wouldn't be a hundred though. No, it, it would, would be, not be a hundred. <laughs> it would not be a hundred. It would be in the his tank price range for sure. Yeah, I think more. so.
0: But it would be, I mean, I'm just picturing like all of the different sculpts on, cause all of yeah. the, the multicolored dragons each have different kinds of scaling. Like this would be a beautiful piece. This would be one of those things that like, if you're a toy collector, this is a piece you would need to have just because it was such a landmark toy.
1: Yeah. This has all that crossover appeal.
0: Right. Right. Uh, All right. Christian, what is your back?
1: Well, mine is, is slightly cheesy, sentimental. uh, But earlier this week, I posted to my Instagram a photo from, I think it was like my, third dragon con uh when the g.i. Joe group did the photo shoot in the lobby by the sailboat bar like that's how you know this was an early dragon con and looking at the photo it just kind of got me reminiscing of the people in the photo that aren't part of the g.i. Joe community anymore or maybe they are and they're not at dragon con and it just made me very appreciative of you know with the advent of social media and youtube yes negativity gets clicks and we've talked about it a lot on this podcast um but i just wanted to give a big thank you to everybody that has become part of our pod family and all of the new people that i've met because of this podcast on my instagram that are fans of joe because um you never, you never really know, you know, life changes for people. And um, it's really cool to know that there's something that unites us all together that we can all talk about that excites us. Um, So thank you to everybody that that's out there.
0: Yeah, 100%. We've we have definitely cultivated a nice little family here uh, since we've been doing the show, uh, it's easy to get sucked up into the negativity of social media, but when you, when you find common points of interest like GI Joe, uh, it it is really special kind of getting everybody on the same page and, and just sharing that enthusiasm for a common thing. And when you posted that picture, it reminded me of so many of my older pictures. I've got, uh, one of just a bunch of different iron mans mm-hmm. uh mm. and it's this big wide open lobby area where it's literally just like eight people in iron man costumes and nobody <laughs> nobody else in the picture that's not even possible now right so it's the the times they are changing but we will always have the uh brother and sisterhood of gi joe all right, you guys. Well, that is it for this week. Uh, our music is by Andy Simford of electricminow You can follow us on Instagram at Audible Interlude Podcast. And that is the best way to get a hold of us. Send us a message. Tell us what you want to see. Tag us in your posts, and we'll share them on the and boost the signal on social media. On Twitter, we're G-I-Joe Audible. Uh, And, of course, you can find us on the Needless Things YouTube channel. Toy Reviews going on all the time. And our live streams every other week, usually on Monday. Uh, Christian, where can we find that toy photography that you do oh so well? You can find me on Instagram under the name Legion Cub. Noel, why don't you tell us a little bit about the finest?
2: The finest is uh, G.I. Joe... Costuming group that, uh, of course, uh, raises money for a great cause called Canines for Warriors. And if you are in the Atlanta area on March uh, 24th, 25th, 26th, we will be at Toyland. Uh, our garrison will be uh, raising money there. So check it out. Come by, see us. Uh, ask us if you have any questions about G.I. Joe costuming um, or just throw a few bucks our way, and it goes to uh, uh, veterans and rescue dogs. So two of the best causes you could possibly imagine.
0: For everybody listening, thank you so much for being part of our G.I. Joe family. Uh, Noel and Christian, thank you for sitting down and talk about, uh, talking about something that we love so much as always, yo, Joe.
2: Cobra.